everybody. Thanks so much for joining us today. I hope the content encourages you and helps you build your faith. Now enjoy the message. Leviticus 6, 8 through 13. It's one of my favorite Old Testament chapters. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron and his sons the following instructions regarding the burnt offering. You need to know the burnt offering was the reconciliation offering. It was the offering given when you needed to reconnect with God. So if you were feeling distant, if you were feeling disconnected, if, you were, if your relationship with God had grown stale, the reconciliation offering was the offering where you took, let's say, a calf, and you killed the calf, you put it on the altar, you lit the altar on fire, the offering would be consumed, and we sing, you know, we sing, let incense arise. And the incense from the offering would arise to the Lord, the smoke would arise to the Lord, and that imagery was that animal is me, and I am placing it on the altar, and I'm offering myself to the Lord. The Lord receives it, and He comes down, and He meets with me. That was the reconciliation or the burnt offering. It says the burnt offering must be left on top of the altar until the next morning and the fire on the altar must be kept burning all night. In the morning, after the priest on duty has has put his official linen clothing on and linen undergarments, he must clean out the ashes of the burnt offering and put them beside the altar. Verse 11. Then he must take off these garments change back into his regular clothes and carry the ashes outside of the camp to a place that is ceremonially clean. Meanwhile, I love this, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Each morning the priest will add fresh wood to the fire and arrange the burnt offering on it. He will then burn the fat of the peace offerings on it. Verse 13, remember, remember this. The fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out. Do you realize what God is saying here? He is saying, if there is ever a time when my people want to reconnect with me, I want to be available to them. If there's that fire better be kept burning and it never better go out because if somebody at two o'clock in the morning has their heart touched and they need to reconnect with me and they want to be in my presence, that fire better be burning so they can show up and they can make that offering and that offering can go up to him. In other words, if you're willing to sacrifice, he's willing to receive. If you're willing to say, Lord, I come to you, Fire's already burning, Bubba. I'm already ready for you. I already want what you have to give me. Okay, so we see Leviticus chapter 6. Track with me. We're giving an offering. We give a sacrifice, right? We want to reconnect with God. We give a sacrifice, Leviticus chapter 6. Hebrews 9, 11 through 14 says, So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all and secured our redemption forever. Here you go, verse 13. Under the old system... The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. 
Just think how much more the blood of Christ. Think about how much more the blood of Jesus is for us now. So in Leviticus chapter 6, we see us giving an offering. Now in Hebrews chapter 9, Jesus has become that offering. So now we see we're receiving that sacrifice. Leviticus 6, we give a sacrifice to connect with God. Hebrews 9, we now receive a sacrifice to connect with God. Because Jesus became the perfect sacrifice. People always get confused. They read through the Old Testament and they're like, okay, why were they cutting up animals and putting them on altars? And why don't we do that today? And what does it all mean? It means in the old, when the, in the Levitical system, in order for you to reconnect with God, you had to give an offering. In the new, Jesus became that offering for you, died on a cross for you, rose from the dead for you, so now you can receive that offering and connect with him. You get it. So we see giving a sacrifice, receiving a sacrifice. Let me finish that verse. Uh, So how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Notice the progression. We go from giving a sacrifice to receiving a sacrifice. Now Romans 12, 1 through 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. We go from Leviticus chapter 6, we want to connect with God, we give a sacrifice. Hebrews chapter 9, we go, if we want to connect with God, we receive the perfect sacrifice. Romans chapter 12, if we want to connect with God, we become a sacrifice. We go from give to receive to become. Jesus echoes the same sentiment in Mark 8.35. He says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. Listen to me. The greatest fulfillment in your life will come from living sacrificially and not selfishly. We live in a culture right now that would say, live selfish. Do what makes you feel good. Live your truth. Do what makes you happy. What the Word is telling us is when we're living sacrificially and we're dying to ourselves and we're resisting those selfish, self-centered temptations, that's when we're really connecting with God. Still on the fence about it, let me ask you this question. Is your marriage better or worse when you're living sacrificially versus selfishly? Your marriage is going to be better if you're selfish or if you're sacrificial. 
If all of a sudden you come home from work and your spouse hasn't been working that day and they've been home all day and you walk in and the sink's full of dishes and you blow your top and you say, look, you've been home all day. What on earth have you been doing all day? I've been working all day and you can't even get these dishes done. How's that going to work for you? Or you come home and you, you say, oh, you're going to go out to the garage? You've been working in the garage all day. You've been doing your stuff all day, and the trash is piled up, and you can't even take the trash out for me, but you'll work in your garage all day. And so then, you know, we're going to get them back, and we're just going to, we're going to start piling the trash, right? And we're going to let it pile up, and we're going to let it overflow, and we're going to start balancing bottles on it. And then once it's heaping over, because I'm going to prove a point, you will take that trash out. I won't do it. You'll do it. And then we move over to the counter, and then it starts piling up on the counter and starts it's going everywhere, and it becomes this battle of selfish, are you going to hear me? Are you going to listen to me? Are you going to do what I want to do? How is that working for your marriage versus being sacrificial versus saying, you know what? It's piling up. I know they said they would do it, but I'll just, I'll do it, and I'll serve, and I'll sacrifice. You know, if we're just if we're just having a time of confession here, um, I, my, my wife is pregnant. Very, very pregnant. Yes, praise the Lord. I had a pregnant wife during a pandemic. <laughs> if you're driving down the road thinking of someone to pray for, I mean, I'm not saying, pray for my wife. Pray for her. She's pregnant. <laughs> you know, we, it's been unreal. It's been crazy. I had a fishing trip planned uh, in July, right? And I go, for those of you who don't know, I love to chase redfish. And I had a fishing trip planned in Louisiana. I got a bunch of friends out there. I go down there about four to five times a year to fish during the summer. And I, I had this trip set up. They, people in Louisiana, they don't know how to use words. They just send pictures, you know. It's like picture talks, like illustrated books. And so they just send me all these pictures. This picture of these redfish, picture of these redfish, picture of a limit. And I'm just like, okay, fine. I get the point. When can I come? And we set this weekend up. And I was supposed to go fishing. And the weekend before I was supposed to go fishing, uh, Anna comes to me and she says, honey, I haven't been feeling very good. I've been tired. The kids have been home. Do you mind? And I'm like, no, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. You want me to buy you flowers? You want me to take you out on a date night? Like, what can I do right now? You know, you want to pet a pedicure? I'll pay for it. You know, like, I'm like, don't, don't, don't say it. And she said, do you mind canceling the fishing trip? I got a choice there. I can be selfish and I can say, you know what, I've been doing this for years and you agreed to let me go and my life's been crazy too and it's not all about you and I should be able to go do what I want. Hey guys, deer hunting's coming up, right? It's, I, I, since 14, I've been spending every weekend of the season at the deer camp and now you're going to ask me to skip one weekend? Have you lost your mind? You, are you crazy right now? But I said, you know what, and one of the toughest texts I had to do is text my buddies and say, hey guys, I'm not going to be fishing my wife's because they're making fun of me and everything else but what's what's more important right my relationship with my wife and cultivating my marriage and being sacrificial or fishing with my buddies but we have these choices to make all the time am I going to be sacrificial or am I going to be selfish am I and, and I'll just tell you, you while we're talking about marriage here uh, I had to learn this 
the hard way in my marriage. Surprise, babe. I'm going to talk about our marriage, okay? Uh, I, had, I had to learn this the hard way because I am someone who is like, it is what it is. We agreed to it, and there ain't no change in it. So if we said Monday, Wednesday, Friday is your day to do the dishes, and I walk in on a Wednesday and the dishes are full, I'm like, hey, what is this? We're in an agreement here. We, we nearly signed a piece of paper, and it's not Tuesday, and it's not Thursday last time I checked. Why isn't this happening? Just being selfish, right? Just letter of the law. You're going to do what we agreed to, everything else. And you know what I had to learn? That my wife responds far better when I'm sacrificial towards her. So Wednesday, I step in, and I just start doing the dishes, and she sees that, and she comes to me, and she says, honey, you know, thank you so much. I've been, it's been a crazy day, and I appreciate you doing that, and I'm going to do better, and, and we're going we're gonna to work it through this together, and all of a sudden, we're cultivating something through sacrifice. We're cultivating something through, or else I'm being really selfish, and I'm wanting to do what I want to do, and I, Anna comes to me, and she's sacrificial, and I see her being sacrificial for me, and I go to her. It, it's the language that communicates communicates in sacrifice. You want to speak to your spouse about something. It's not about burying them with the letter of the law, but when you are sacrificial, it speaks. The Lord speaks through sacrifice. He moves through sacrifice. The language of connection with God is sacrifice. Think about it. Let's go to our first point and talk about it for a moment. When I'm living as a sacrifice, I'm connecting with God. We saw it in Leviticus chapter 6, what connected with God? Sacrifice. Hebrews chapter 9, what connected with God? Jesus' sacrifice. Romans chapter 12, what connects with God? Me becoming a sacrifice. Me living sacrificial. I know this is challenging your viewpoint now. Walk with me through this. I, I used to pastor teenagers all the time, right? Man, those little idiots are a ton of fun, but they, they got no sense whatsoever. And we used to reach a ton of teenagers. And they, they, would, they would come to me afterwards and lead Bible studies with them. I'm talking kids getting radically saved, no church background. And they'd come and we'd sit in these Bible studies. And one of them, they would ask me all the time, okay, now I'm a Christian. What can I do? Like, what can I get away with? Like, how many, can I still do drugs? Can I still smoke weed? What, what, can I, what can I do? Can I still say this word if I don't put mother before it? Because mother makes it offensive, but this word's okay, right? I'm like, no. Like, no, you don't talk like that anymore. You don't do that anymore. They're like, hey, how, how far can I go? Like, how many bases can I, I round here? Can I get a lead off on second at least? Or can I, like, can I go all the way to third but not home? You know, I, and we're having these conversations with these kids. And I'm saying to them, I finally realized this, and I'll tell you when the light went off for these teenagers. I said, here's the problem. You're thinking about this wrong. You're thinking, what can I do? Okay, now I'm a Christian. What can I do? The question you should be asking yourself is, I'm a Christian. Now what can I give up? What can I give up for the glory of God? What can I give up so that the Lord can be glorified? What can I give up in my life that would make me more like Christ? That would help me to serve more like Christ? Can I, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. He said, I can eat the meat that's been sacrificed to idols because I don't follow those idols. But I don't eat it because I don't want to make 
a brother stumble. Can I go have a glass of wine? Sure, I can go have a glass of wine. But if me having a glass of wine sends somebody else on an alcoholic tailspin, am I willing to give that up instead of fight for my right of, well, I can do this and be fine. It's not me. I'm not the problem. But what if, it ha- what if somebody has a problem with it? Am I willing to say, you know what, I'll give this up for the Lord. When we are in sacrifice, we are connecting with God. Leviticus 6.13, he says, Remember the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out. If you want to sacrifice, I want to receive you. I want to connect with you. Hebrews 9.12, With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all and secured our redemption forever. Our redemption was secured through sacrifice. It speaks to God. It connects with God. Romans 12.1 says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. When we are living as a sacrifice, we are speaking to God. We are connecting with His way, with His desire, with His most intimate giving of His Son for our salvation. We're becoming like Jesus. Here's what you have to do. I had to do this in my marriage. Husbands, the ones I'm talking to, I'm talking to you. Hey, I had to do this in my marriage. I had to realize that even when I'm living as a sacrifice, I may not feel like it's communicating here. It may feel like I'm getting taken advantage of, or it may feel like I'm not being listened to, or it may feel like I'm just having to do things I shouldn't be doing, but I'm communicating to God. God sees my sacrifice. God hears my sacrifice. The Lord is pleased with my sacrifice. Let me, let me give you an illustration. Let me show you something. This is so cool. I don't know if you guys knew this or not. Did you guys know that Siri can do this? Hang on. All right. Hey, Siri, say, where can I find some good chips and salsa in this place in Spanish? <laughs> ¿Dónde puedo encontrar buenas patatas fritas y salsa en este lugar? Isn't that cool? Isn't that amazing? Do you know Siri could do this? How about this? Hey, Siri, say, where can I find some good macaroons in this district in French? How about that, huh? That unreal? One more. Hey, Siri, say, where can I get the best fettuccine Alfredo in Italian? How about it, huh? Would you give Siri a hand? Isn't that amazing? I never knew. You, you wait till I go to an Italian restaurant. I will order in Italian, all right? I'm going to be like, hey, here you go. This is what I want right here. But what's amazing is you say it in one way and it translates into something else. We've got to train our minds with this. 
when I'm sacrificing here on earth, it may not be communicating what I want it to communicate here, but I know God is hearing it. I know it's translating to the Lord. I know it is producing faithfulness. I know it is producing gentleness. I know it is producing self-control. I know it's producing generosity. I know it's producing kindness. I know it's producing the fruits of the Spirit in me. When I break free from myself, I realize being a sacrifice is about becoming more like Jesus. So I'm not looking to everyone to appease me, but I'm looking to become more like Jesus, which is living sacrificially. It connects us with God. The second thing sacrifice does is when I'm living as a sacrifice, I'm living in worship. I'm living in a place of worship. The heartbeat of worship is sacrifice. The more I read about worship, the more I look at Old Testament worship was showing up with an offering for God, right? Old Testament worship, Leviticus chapter 6, you want to worship God, you showed up at the tabernacle with an offering for him. We worship by receiving the offering that Christ gave to us and we become worship. We live truly in a place of worship when we are being a sacrifice. Listen, Leviticus 6, 9, he says, Give Aaron and his sons the following instructions regarding the burnt offering. The burnt offering must be left on top of the altar until the next morning, and the fire on the altar must be kept burning all night. It was an offering, a sacrifice of worship. Hebrews 9, 14 says, Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. Here's a quiz for you. Where else do we see that? So that we can worship the living God. Out of Egypt. I remember out of Egypt? You remember Exodus chapter 9? You remember God tells Moses, Moses, go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, let my people go so that, so they can worship me. The whole idea of freedom from Egypt was so that they could worship the Lord. The whole idea of sacrifice is so that we can live a life of worship to the Lord. It says, for by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ himself, to, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Paul makes it so clear in Romans 12.1. He said, this is truly the way to worship the Lord. So when I'm living as a sacrifice, I am becoming more like Christ. I am living in worship. My worship is making me look more and more like Jesus. I saw a really cool story last week of a young girl. Her name was Marley, and she was diagnosed with cancer. And she went to a school in Broomfield, Colorado, and she was undergoing treatment for her cancer, an elementary school kid. And during the treatment, uh, she lost her hair, and one of her friends, her best friends, went to see her and said, what are you most worried about? And she said, the thing that concerns me the most is going back to school with no hair. I don't want to be the girl with no hair. So the, the student told a teacher that told somebody else that morphed into this huge school-wide event where 80 students, half the teachers, and both male principals all 
shave their head at an assembly welcoming Marley back into the school. And so they'd all shave their head. It was a really cool deal. They all shaved their heads, a bunch of teachers, the students, and everyone else. And Marley came in, and Marley's mom talks about seeing her walk into the room, and her daughter was frail, her daughter was beat up, her daughter was worn out, filled with smiles, filled with life, filled with excitement again. And they interviewed one of the principals, and they asked, and they said, what, what spurred you on to doing this? And the principal said, he, she's gone through so much. She's experienced so much. To sacrifice cutting our hair so that we can look like her and welcome her in is very little. I heard that I was thinking about this. When I think about what Jesus has done for me, when I think about the sacrifice that he's made for me to live the perfect life, to offer his life up, to become the perfect sacrifice for me so that I can be saved and I can be renewed and I can live in new life, it becomes a very simple thing to make sacrifices in my life becomes a very easy thing to live sacrificial when I'm living with the perspective of the greatest sacrifice that was made for me. And so then we finish here, and I love how he wraps up. When I'm giving, when I'm living in sacrifice, I'm growing in purity. Final thing. So I'm connecting with God, I'm living in worship, and I'm growing in purity when I'm a living sacrifice. Leviticus 6.11, he says, Then he must take off these garments change back into his regular clothes and carry the ashes outside the camp to a place that is ceremonially clean. In other words, he's able to go back to being how he was after he's given the sacrifice. Hebrews 9, 13-14. Under the old system, the blood of goats and the bulls and the ashes and a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more the blood of Christ, how much more Christ cleanses you, how much more Christ transforms you. Romans 12, 2. Paul says, when we are a living sacrifice, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you. The Greek word for transform is metamorphosis. It means to take on a different form. It means you are a completely different Form, a different person, a different outlook, a different everything. He transforms you by the, into the person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. When I am living in a sacrificial mindset, when I'm living as a sacrifice before the Lord, it transforms me into the person that God wants me to be. It changes my heart. It changes my mind. It changes my thoughts. It changes the way I treat people. It changes the way I treat my wife. It changes the way I treat my children. It begins to transform me into something new. So I told you all, Anna's pregnant. She is uh, eight, nine months, close. We're like six weeks away from a baby. Six weeks away. Four, four to five weeks away from a baby. It's all running together for me, people. It's four to five weeks away from a baby, right? And she has gone into full-on nesting. Do you know what nesting is? Anybody? Nesting? Men are afraid to raise their hands because they're like, oh, she'll punch me, she'll get me. So nesting is where uh, a mom-to-be begins this mother-hen nesting of like rearranging the house and you sell everything on Facebook Marketplace and you buy new stuff on Facebook Marketplace and then you hang it up only to take it down because you want something different on, you know, this room and it's just, it's nesting. It's, it's what happens, right? And babe, I love you and I'm so glad that you're nesting, right? And so it's, hey, living a sacrifice, I'm just 
right along with the nesting. So one of the things that Anna does now when she's nesting is paints the baseboards of our house. She paints them all. She did it for middle child. She's doing it right now. But let me tell you how she learned the magic of painting baseboards. My daughter Zion had literally, there's this ledge that is underneath uh, our window, and she had poured like Kool-Aid and all this other, it's a white ledge, poured Kool-Aid on it, was rubbing food into it, and created this little like food slip and slide, and was just sliding it up and down. I mean, we walked in, it destroyed it, right? It stained it really bad red, and Anna asked me, she said, hey, can you clean that? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. And I'm, I'm a work smarter, not harder guy. So I had this, this can of semi-gloss white paint in the garage, and I went and got it, popped the can open, one brush, five minutes later, the, the thing looked brand new. It was great. And I remember she came and she saw it, and she's like, oh, babe. That's always the great, you know, sign. I'm like, yeah, I sacrificed for you. You know, here you go. She said, babe. It looks so good. How did you clean it? I was like, oh, it was so hard. My shoulder hurts. Just scrubbing everything. I said, no. I said, I didn't clean it. I just put new stuff on it. I just painted over it with the new. We need to realize something. When we're living sacrificial, we are putting on the new that Christ has for us. We are not the same old person. We are embracing new life. You want to live a life of purity, embrace sacrifice. You want to live a life of new heart, of new perspective, of new mindset. You want to reconnect with God. You want to live a life of worship. It is embracing a life of sacrifice. In sacrifice, you will find your greatest freedom and satisfaction. Everybody, thanks again for joining us. We believe God has something great for your life, and we hope this message encourages you to take the next step in your faith.